previously on Eleven Fates. A lot of times we make mistakes, but we can't just run and hide from mistakes. We've got to try to set things right now. We don't have time for this. Get the berries, get them to the girl, and let's go. We want to save both of these kids. It is a weird fucking place here at the Griffin's Roost. It's not just a shadow. I felt it, and it was almost like it was saying thanks. I think that's all of them. No, there's one more behind. It is unmistakably to all of you, the god of the grave. S turns to Rowena, eyes wide, and gestures dusty towards her. He definitely turns his head. Don't think you can help me. I appreciate you offering. You may not be able to help her, but the leader of my clan is hes sick. Maybe someone has told you what's ailing him, and maybe you have a cure? You know where to start, maybe. We just tell them that in the voice of a fate told us that no harm is supposed to come to this boy. That's really true, though. You can see a very happy Brutus. Duel begins in 10. You have right to first strike or I'm coming in. Where should I run to? Say what you will about the gods. If there's one that's here to make sure we're dead, it's him. I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to Tale of Eleven Fates. Welcome back. As we dive on in, we rejoin Cassilian, Hunted Jewel, and Rowena at Rowena's home. I believe everyone was trying to get some sleep. Dusty, the teenage boy with you, plopped and immediately fell asleep, as only the young can do. The horses went galloping off to their stable, as they have all been awake for close to 24 hours as well. They've earned their rest, and yet... Three loud bangs of metal on wood greeted you all before you could get to sleep. It was the one, it was the only Brutus, a large, bald man who got Cassilian to sign a contract that outlined some very strange rules for a duel. And I believe he announced, you have the right to first strike. Starts in 10 minutes if you don't take it. And then proceeded to uh, pace around outside. And that's where we join our crew for now. The three of you inside this home with a uh, person full of intent on the stoop. Bonk, is the door open? Like, he's just like, we're looking out at him. I peeked through the curtains at the window. I did not open the door. That's where the site confirmation come from. The door is closed. As soon as you realize who it is, you know he is standing exactly nine feet away from you on the other side of that wall. Okay. Cast lets out like a long, long groan as he rolls over from his spot on the floor. Uh, and he, dad groans up and. Uh, 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 
And he walks over to Rowan and he goes, Miss Smythe. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Smith, excuse me. Uh, I'd like to remind you that this is my fight. And I don't expect or really don't want you to help. Uh, well, but, that's uh, fine, but if he does any property damage, I'm coming after him. Should any danger come to you or your property, well, then I just don't give a damn uh, what you do or how you react. Hunted Jules is, like, glued to the window, and he kind of just, like, looks back. Cast this... I, I didn't notice it, but this guy looks kind of ripped. Like, are you gonna you gonna be able to take this guy? Cast just, like, the biggest, I don't, I don't know, shrug. Do you need anything? I've got shields, swords, hammers, uh, axes. Is there anything that... Arrowheads? Anything at all? Cutlery? I don't know what you're... <laughs> He What's just your... walks to the door and he says, I'll be back in a few minutes. And then uh, opens the door and walks out onto the stoop, hands in pockets, just kind of looks at, at Brutus and says, so the forfeit, still a no-go here, huh? Not really part of the contract. So, yeah, we got to do this. And full moon was last night, so we got to do this before two nights from now. I'm choosing now, but you... Get the right to first strike. Now that I've declared it, you have to take it in the next 10 minutes. And Cass steps forward and starts to close the gap, hands still in his pockets, and just kind of looks at him and says, you know, it would mean a lot to me that nothing happened to the property of my allies. They're, they're unrelated to this fight between you and I. <laughs> and before you say anything... Should anything happen to them or their property, I will not be afraid to make an appeal to the gods. Don't forget that this is a party of the gods. <laughs> uh, I'll take it under consideration. And then those old folks at Alpine's Peak will have a much bigger problem than this stupid fucking contract. <laughs> Noted. And he'll, he'll go ahead and take off his like big traveling jacket again, and he's just got the leather like a mantle that kind of has these like buckler shields that he takes off from his side. He's got that very clean cut six pack, very muscular torso, super big arms. He might've been skipping leg day for a while though. And on the back, he's got these contraption with chains wrapping out and attaching to his shields. And he'll just go ahead and take his shields out and stretch out his arms and kind of just T-pose in front of you waiting for your strike. And I headbutt him. You're just gonna straight up headbutt him? <laughs> yeah, just unarmed strike. That's how I'm gonna get this thing started. Ooh. Hells yeah. Go ahead and uh, roll to hit. You have advantage. 15. 15? Imagine missing a headbutt. Right? right? <laughs> if, um, if I do miss, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss but then also put my head onto his shoulder and hug him right away. <laughs> uh, he's not actively using his shield, so you will hit <laughs> Excellent. That headbutt is for three. And then, like, after I headbutt him, I will sort of use his massive stature to <laughs> push myself off and draw my sword. <laughs> Please, yeah. Your sword is at the ready. All the while, the ultimate point here is that I would like to use my bonus action to, when I headbutt him, to cast Hunter's Mark onto him. Sure thing. And you'll get that Hunter's Mark off. You will get that headbutt off. And then we will roll oh. initiative. 
We didn't take a long rest, though, huh? Nope. No. Nope. Okay, well, then I don't uh, have Hunter's Mark. Oh, there boy. it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I just headbutt him and push off of him, and as I push off of him, you can see that, like, the magic is trying to do something out of my hands, but it just kind of, like, it, like... It's basically the equivalent of a joke gun shooting out a small flag that says bang. <laughs> and I push Midget. off and I'm like, oh, sh shit. And I, that's when I draw my sword. Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you want to be five feet away or ten feet away? Five. Great. Just keeping track. And we are going to have everyone roll initiative. Okay. Get in here as well. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> no, no, he, he he rolled a one for initiative. Yeah, I was going to say, he either rolled very high or very low. Cool. I rolled a five, so welcome Seriously. to the party. Woo! Hey, me too. <laughs> I rolled an eight. Dope. Good golly, you guys. <laughs> I got a 13. <laughs> I guess we're going in ascending order tonight. Yeah, yeah. We all had okay the fake bang guns. <laughs> <laughs> Ron has already got like six weapons piled by the front door just in case. Yeah, certainly. So we have Rowena at the top. You can see this headbutt go off the exchanging of words. I, I think you're what, watching from the window at this point? Yes. If there's nothing you would like to do, give me a perception check. Yeah, I think all I'm doing is I'm posted at the door. I've got my sword and shield and I'm just watching out the window and keeping an eye on the children in my house. <laughs> uh, that is an 18. 18. You can clearly see just beyond kind of this rabble that has started the headbutt, kind of the spin back, the draw, the sword, this grimace that Brutus now has with just a little bit of like blood at the corner of his mouth. Just beyond them, you can see a silhouetted, no, not a silhouetted figure. This would be like 2 33 o'clock in the afternoon. You can see a dwarf on the back of a donkey coming down the road. Oh, yeah, cool. If, if I see that, then I would like to throw the big bolt on the door that locks it. And I'm going to run out the back door to come around from the back of the house. Go around the back of the house, around the back secure of the, the Secure the forge. front, go out the back, yes. and then... Yeah, secure the front, go out the back, go loop around the mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. of the forge so that I'm coming from the side so that I can get eyes on whoever's approaching and the fight without them necessarily seeing me sure thing you can go ahead and lock that up make your way through the house and you're kind of on the back side of the forge as you uh are coming around jules you just saw the door to the house you are in get locked before you and uh rowena quickly escape out the back rowena do you do you have any of that exploding corn <laughs> i hear that's a new thing we can have snacks later i've got to go check on something but check on what make sure that dusty doesn't get in trouble all right Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, and I'm gonna go go up to the loft, but I st but not before swinging by the kitchen to see if they have any like uh, microwave popcorn. You will find in the kitchen it has been completely trashed. All the pottery is broken. There is flour and sugar everywhere. It looks like somebody just like destroyed everything in the kitchen. Oh well, I guess uh, I guess we'll uh, clean that up later. Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna go check on Dusty. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to go run up and check on Dusty and uh, make sure that Dusty is still there. But I also want to make sure there's a window in whatever place he is in. There is a window in the loft, yes. Love that. Yes, there is a window, as well as he is dead asleep. He's actually alive, breathing, but ha ha has a thick snore going on and is uh, quite soundly 
asleep. Hey, Kate. Yes. You're on the back of a donkey. Oh, how yeah. exciting. Yeah. Describe what we see atop this donkey. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see much of anything at all. What do you see is sort of what looks like a bedraggled pile of like leather armor and rags and like maybe like kind like like just like a little little bit of like red hair just like sticking out of the one of the, like a hole in in the rags. Uh and and there's like I'm not saying there's like stink lines, but like if there were cartoon stink lines visible, you would be able to see them coming off of whatever mm -hmm. nonsense. And as Alana Pritchell uh, rides into <laughs> Bethlehem on the back of a donkey, uh, <laughs> she pulls off her hood uh, and you see this sort of like, like if a brick shithouse had gained sentience uh, and, and taken up blacksmithing this is what you see uh so you see this dwarven woman alana uh red hair just but like not curly just out she doesn't care right and she's got like a chewbacca thing on but it's got like little hammers in it uh it's just it's it's a lot there's a lot going on i love it and uh as as you approach there, there's a strange scene in front of you um as described this farmstead matches the description you can kind of see a converted barn forge space and you're like oh that's a nice flu like you can get that real hot um there's some horses resting in the stable and you you approach and there is this like other brick house uh, <laughs> in front of you except this brick house is covered in like chains leather has two shields and has clearly defined muscles on the back of his head <laughs> uh, down to his waist before his leather pants cover up everything and he seems to be dueling with you would see this somewhat of a charming man now holding a sword poised for combat in this beautiful green cloak that is far better than anything else he is wearing. One looks perfect and pristine, and the other looks like it has hundreds of miles of wear on <laughs> almost everything on his person. How would you like to approach this strange encampment? I would like to... Can I roll an animal handling check to see if I can just like literally like not even acknowledge it? Like just, I don't see it. It's not my problem. I do not care. I just, I'm been trying for days to find a decent smith in this town whatever the fuck these guys are, i don't i don't it's fine it's locals being locals i just want to get to the forge this sounds good yeah okay. give me that handle animal here we go that is a natural one <laughs> nice yes scripted yeah, you, scripted. Doggy dies. you, you uh turn it around and you're like no no this is a guild donkey they know what to do okay and, and so it's one of those things of you're like trying to get it to go through this gate that is just closed at the moment and the donkey kind of just like looks over and then just sits right in front of the gate and you just kind of slide off the back of this donkey I want to be very cute, like like a spread legged, like very comical mm -hmm, position, mm -hmm. like plopping down. Yeah, like, like plopping down, just like slit, a, a slit, like day. straight yeah. off the back. Mm -hmm. uh, Alana just does one of these, and she's like, "All right, all right, all right, I, all right, I, I, no, 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 bad, bad donkey." And I think I'm just gonna 
try and like sidestep around the donkey, keep my head down and just head to the forge and see if I notice anybody around who can at least direct me to the smith. Sounds good. Yeah, you get off this donkey, you dust yourself off and you're able to get kind of over that gate and you're about uh, five, ten feet closer towards the forge there. And that will bring us up to Cass. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot happened in the time that it took me to headbutt a dude. So this is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I think Cass goes from like an, a combat ready stance and his arms sort of like slink to his side and he kind of tilts his head to look past Brutus. Can I help you? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want any trouble. All right. I'm just, I'm looking for the smith. They said up in town that there might be somebody this way who might be able to help me. Uh... You look quite busy, though. Uh, okay, hold on. And he puts one hand up, and he kind of turns to the door, and he, he makes a point of turning towards Brutus and just kind of going, just one second. HJ? <laughs> and you uh, hear a window open from the loft. Yeah. And yeah, a, a tabaxi uh, pops his head out, all, all, all bright-eyed, and uh, yeah, greets you from the uh, second floor of this loft. Hello? She's looking for Rowena. Uh, maybe maybe she's got work for her. Oh, yeah. Um, just go go around to the back of the house. I think she's over there. I'll go meet you. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> and then Cass looks at her and goes, the cat boy will take care of you. And then he lunges forward into <laughs> Brutus with the sword. Go ahead and roll for an attack. Uh, 22. A 22 is going to hit. Oh, fuck. Okay, I did three damage. Sick. That's three more damage. You you stab as good as you headbutt. Boom. There it is. It, it, it kind of deflects off the shield a bit, but you can tell you you definitely surprised him with that one after the amount of yammering. And uh, he is going to go ahead and try and shove you back. Uh, that's going to be a 13 to hit you. It's a tie. <laughs> so your AC is 13? Yeah. So that's a hit. Yeah, that's yeah, what I yeah, said. Yeah. It's a tie. Yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. That is going to be five points of damage, and you're going to get shoved five feet back. So you are now 10 feet away, and that was with his right hand. He, he kind of got under one of his shields, and he kind of pushed you back a little bit off the ground, a little skid back, and then he just smirks, and from underneath his uh, arm, that's kind of like in a nice V-shape, blocking him with his buckler in a defensive position. Very quickly, he just throws his other shield down into the ground, into the gap you used to be, and then does a bounce shot off the ground where you once stood and gets advantage on a trick shot. And that's garbage. That's a 12 to hit. That misses. And it goes sailing past you, and then, like, a foot behind you, you can hear just a click, and then all of a sudden, a chain just whirls it back to him, and he's there in a defensive position with both of his shields ready. Given that it was such a near miss, I think that Cass looks at him and he goes, now that, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you wait. Feels a lot worse. And that brings us up to Rowena, who is rounding your corner. You heard some chatter from up above. Uh, it sounds like Jules yelled out your position. You didn't hear the other half of the conversation as a building was in the way. But yeah, the tabaxi up 15 feet could easily be heard. I definitely heard him call my position. Just like, like, to no one in particular, because I'm by myself. So I will hustle my way 
around the the back and the side of the forge to get to the front so I can get eyes on everybody who's out in front. As you do, you, you kind of come rounding that last corner and there in front of you, you guys kind of lock eyes on each other. You're now face to face, Rowena, with Alana. I round up. I've got my like shield fully strapped up and my sword like I am in go mode and I'll just kind of freeze up and just be like, afternoon. Can I help you? Uh, yeah, and Alana just like has her hands like just in her like two big pockets, like just like really big cape pockets. And she just kind of like, she nods and she says, yeah, I, I heard up in town that there might be a smith. I, I, I've got a couple of things that I need uh, looking after and um, I'm also looking for some supplies. I was wondering if maybe you could help me out. Uh, well, I... You you yeah. look you look busy. Are you all right? Is this this is there's there's it's, I could I could come back another time. I'm, no I no just, no I, uh, no. You're already, you're already here. As long as you're not you're just here for supplies. You're not looking for anyone to you know fight or anything. Because the last guy who showed up at my door just started a fight in my front yard. Oh, uh, no, unless you you know you want to wrestle over some steel in the in the in the back. But no, I'm just I'm just a, a friendly friendly traveler. And she pulls out her hands from her pockets as though she meant to go like this but she actually pulls out two hammers and then she kind of looks at them and like chucks them up behind her and just kind of shrugs <laughs> Rowena just kind of looks and just pulls her shield back and you can see that she also has a smith's hammer like fully tucked into her oh. belt ready to grab right why don't you come around the back we'll go in I'll make some tea and once the boys are done kicking the piss out of oh. each other I'll see if I can help you out oh, okay? right. I would I would slay a fate for a cup of tea right now oh good lord yeah All I think right. I've got some that didn't get shattered come on let's go alright thank you <laughs> like just... a lot of like picks up her hammers sheepishly and like follows Rowena <laughs> just heading back to the back door Jules what would you like to do? I believe you were upstairs last we left you. I feel as Jules kind of hears the back door open, he looks down at Dusty. Okay, I'm just going to need you not to move, and I'm going to tie his shoelaces together uh, just so we will hear him when he wakes up. Totally. Uh, then I'm, I'm going to kind of just, like, bounce down the stairs. I heard tea. Are we getting snacks now, too? How good is your hearing, child? I was <laughs> on the other side of the barn. Pretty good. Raising the dead and hearing across the plains. And yes, your action can be spent booby trapping some shoes. You can move on down to the kitchen yeah. to greet them at the back door. And we will move on over to Cass, who is in combat and uh, is going to stay that way. And I think I'm just going to skip the three of you since tea seems to be your priority. Now. <laughs> uh, Cass. Fuck your initiative. We're drinking tea. Yeah. Oh, good. This is exactly what I wanted. I'm only going to come out and get involved in the fight if I hear property damage being done. So far, yeah. they're just out in the dead part of the lawn. It's fine. The entire property is dead lawn, other than the house, just to be clear. <laughs> yes, yes. I think Cass, at this point, after seeing the shield thing, here's a, here's a question for you, Mark. Yeah. Can I take a perception check, maybe? I don't know if there's maybe a better one, like survival or something to see if I can determine the like maximum range of this like chain shield thing, you know, like a combat analysis role of some sort. Sure thing. Um, <clears throat> let's do survival. Feels like, you know, quick measurements and combat That's, math would fall into uh, that. A hard, hard garbage roll. That was a five. Hard garbage roll? At least 10 feet. At least 12 feet. It went a little past you. Okay, great. I think that this prompts Cassillian to take a few steps back, like, I don't know, 30 feet. <laughs> okay, so you'll be 40 feet away from him. 
Yeah, my maximum movement would be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fantastic. And I will pull out my longbow and fire off a shot. And I'm going to try and take this the rest of this fight from some sort of range. Go ahead and give me that Perhaps roll. To, God damn it. <laughs> it's a seven. <laughs> a seven is going to be easily deflected by one of his shields. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah, I'm just getting the lay of the land. Yeah, as you retreat back, you, you're going away from the forge, and so you're kind of like in the like makeshift street that ties a lot of these like homesteads together. He'll he'll come bounding up after you, so he gets within uh, you know ten feet, so he's thirty feet away from you as he throws his main shield at you. And let's see if that's gonna hit. That's gonna be a nineteen to hit this time around, which I believe sinks home. Yeah. I'm just telling you numbers so that way you know the numbers. But yeah, this... it's like it's like salt in the wound for me to have to yeah. confirm that a 19 slaps my my 13 AC. <laughs> Says it like he doesn't have your character sheet pulled up right. Now. right. Yeah, totally. I have a lot of windows. Okay, um, but uh, it is gonna sail true, and it is coming at you fast, and it is gonna hit you for nine points of damage as this uh -huh. shield just cracks you kind of in the gut and it hits and then you hear that click and it starts coming back and as it's coming back you can actually see him charging up to meet it and he gets within 10 feet of you again and then just throws his shield and ricochets them off of each other and bounces his second shield and is coming at you with that sweet sweet advantage Okay, because he so loves fighting. his trick shot Fighting Captain America. Okay, good. Double Captain America. It's fine. That will hit, because apparently the numbers make you feel bad. And that one will be for seven points of damage. As he's ten feet in your face, and another click, and another zip, and the chains come back, and he is now fully up armored again. In-house, what tea are we looking for? There is only one kind of tea. Rowena doesn't know what kind it is. It's just the one kind that Arthur <laughs> liked to drink. So it's the one kind she has. It is on a top shelf of the pantry in one of the only unshattered containers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's up on the very top, she has to climb on a kitchen chair to get up to it. Because again, Rowena is only 5'4". And this is clearly a shelf meant for her 6'3 husband. <laughs> I like it. It is a chair, but it very clearly has like those two worn out places where your feet go up, where it's like up with the right, up with the left, right sits, and then down and then down. So it's just every step is a little bit lighter on here as you've done this thousands of times. Um, and yeah, you, you get it down. It's a nice, strong black tea. I will start mixing it up. I will also then, once like the water is put on, I will go rummaging around amongst the disaster mess until I find a cob of corn and a paper bag and I will put the corn in the paper bag and like roll it up and stick it in the oven and light the oven. Yes, exploding corn. Alana sort of takes the opportunity to like assess whatever the hell has happened in here and something very interesting happens at the table. She sort of like gathers up a couple of teacups that have sort of split down the middle uh, and she rummages around in her pack and she sort of like dumps her backpack, which is just hammers and paper and then hammers and then like metal and then more books. It's just like, it's a shit show. And so she sort of picks it up and she like shakes it out. She's looking for something. She finds this like little tiny little chasing hammer and she takes these like two teacups and she sort of puts them in front of her on the table and she sort of rears back and it looks like what is about to happen. She's gonna smash the shit out of these teacups. 
But instead she casts the cantrip mending and they sort of like reform into two teacups as she sort of like unsmashes them. Like it's like a backwards <laughs> move almost. Oh, that's sick. So cool. And she just sort of like, she looks around she doesn't want to like draw attention to the fact that she's done this. And so she just sort of like puts them like over on like a sideboard sort of situation. And she just sort of like sits back down at the table. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, whenever they're ready with the tea, no, no rush. I'm just grateful to be here. Uh, yeah, the water should be boiled in just a few minutes. I'm gonna have to find it. Find it. I think there might be two over on the side board. Yeah. Where did, where did you did you find these somewhere in the mess? Oh yeah, they were just like on the floor. You know how things fall. It seems like you've got a lot of that going on around here, about um, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I know how things fall. I just was pretty sure I smashed this against the wall before I left. Right. Well, uh, tea should be ready in, in, you know, a few seconds or something. Well, well, I've got you here. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, you know, especially. Uh, but I was, I was wondering, uh, if do you do you find your own supplies here, or are you just? Uh, I'm just passing through, looking for a few things. Um, it's a bit you, complicated. Uh, right. That. Um, and it's at that moment where the camera just kind of slinks on back out to this tea party that's about to start with corn <laughs> popping in the oven as we're back outside to a uh, ranger with his bow and a brute with his shields and uh, Cass. It's your action. He's, you just got a one-two nasty combo to your sternum. Obviously winded, Cassillian is like... <laughs> so... Does it make you feel good to beat up a retired fighter? <clears throat> Honestly? Yeah. And when does the forfeit come into play? When you're unconscious. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. And, like, in the laziest way possible, <laughs> he pulls back an arrow and just lets it fly, knowing that, like, oh, I'm going to pass out soon and I can feel it coming <laughs> for an 18. 18 uh, is yes. close <laughs> enough to hit. Okay. I was like, oh, it's either what you need or just shy. I have rolled a six damage. Dude, you've doubled the damage you've done on this man. And you know what? You look at him, that arrow kind of just like nicks his shoulder and he looks so excited to be doing what he's doing right now as he uh, uh oh i'm sorry you have a bonus action and a move if you would uh like to do anything i will take all the movement i can and move back towards the front door of the house awesome also remind me how many levels yes. of exhaustion you have two great Which, your speed's oh, my speed is halved Either way, he wanted to be 10 feet away from you for his sick, sick bounce shot. So he's still 10 feet away from you. He just, uh, what you felt like was 30 feet was in fact 25. <laughs> yeah. Last time around. But yeah, 15 feet closer to the house. Yep. And he's going to uh, close the gap and he can see your bow up and he's kind of going to duck down below and he's actually going to get melee combat with you as he just goes for a rib gouge with just the edge of his shield from like the side. Uh, that is going to be a 14 to hit. That hits. That is going to be one point of damage, and I need a con save from you with disadvantage. No. <laughs> That's okay. Con save. Con save disadvantage due to your level of exhaustion. Six. Great. You are going to take another point of exhaustion. You are now at level three exhaustion as 
all of the wind leaves your lungs as just under your ribs you get the edge of the shield just jabbed up in there and if you had a floating rib it's a sinking rib somewhere in your body right now good 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 and then he's gonna try and push you back why wouldn't he (laughs) that is going to hit and he's gonna try and send you uh stammering back with another five points of damage as the other shield just comes across and just slaps you upside the face excellent i am now dead you are now unconscious unconscious. yep yes (laughs) this immense pain gets the rib and you just feel yourself becoming this question mark shape as suddenly a very fast approaching shield just takes the light out from you knocking you clear off your feet can we say that as I'm falling off of my feet I just like make sure to put up one middle finger as I'm falling <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah that's good Cass needs to have the last word mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but Bo goes a little little sprawling as you kind of have that like everything's slowing down a bit everything's extra bright extra loud and like as you go to like maybe catch yourself you're like nah double fingers <laughs> as, as once you hit the ground everything goes dark for a bit and then everyone's in the kitchen so no one sees what Brutus does next so a thing happens a thing happens and then there's a little slump knock on the door just like a faint onto the door as your kettle's about to boil do you want me to go get it hey Yes, if it's the triangularly shaped one, he's not allowed through the front door. (laughs) Okay, noted. And HJ is going to run up to the door, slam it open. Who's at the door? You throw the door open and a a slumped uh, cast then just plops down into the doorway as the door was the only thing holding his uh, unconscious body up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Caster, Caster, is there anything else there? Is uh, there. Th- th- there is a small bag of berries on top of him. I want to just uh, pull Cass in, kind of grab the berries, pull them down on, on the rug, close the door. Nope, it wasn't the triangle guy. Uh, we've got Cass. He's breathing. Might need to, to rest it off, but I, I think uh, definitely still alive. Well, good. I'd hate to think that uh, McGinty over there forfeited his entire contract on the first round. He seemed so excited to spend the next year coming after Master Daedrove. Could you just drag him into the front room and put him in the corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. And uh, HJ obliges. Uh, Yeah, and off the corner he goes. You have a a small bag of berries. They look bizarre. They're like blue and purple and green. They look like marbles, but they're clearly like soft and uh, kind of blueberry shaped, but bigger, more like grape shaped. And I'm going to walk back in and kind of like looking at them. And can I tell like what they are? Have I seen these before? Let me look at your character sheet real quick. Like Uh, there is a whole bunch of skills and none of them Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. any that would be able to tell what those are. Give me a d20 roll. An 11. An 11? Awesome. You rolled high. That's what I picked. You know these to be good berries. One of these berries is essentially a full meal. And I walk in Hey, so um, the contract guy left Cass. Don't think Cass won, but he did leave these good berries. And I'm just going to set them down on the table. There's uh, four good berries there. Right. Is it always this exciting around these parts? No, not until recently is the thing. Ah, 
Uh, well, uh, like I said, uh, well, I, I, I hate to interrupt um, what is clearly a, some sort of party, uh, but um, I was wondering if I might, uh, you know, take you out to the to the forge and ask you maybe a few questions. Um, yeah, of course. When you're not busy, because it seems like there's a lot. I don't want to, like, interrupt, you no, know. No, no, no. Uh, if, if Master Tidegrove is unconscious, then we're no longer busy. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah. uh, Tea's on, so... Rona's still talking, but we'll just start making tea. She will also uh, pop up in the oven and pull out the partially popped corn, <laughs> shake the bag around, and kind of toss the bag to HJ. She's like, oh, it's, it's I heard not, about this. It's not very good. It's better if it's a drier, but that's all I've got that's not gone off in the meantime. Tea from everyone. But yes, uh, we can we can step out to the forge, and you can tell me what it is you're uh, looking for. You you're a you're a smith yourself. I yes, yeah. Uh. Yeah, oh, I, I, I just keep waiting for the camera to fade away, but it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, can keep riffing. Yeah, we, 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 we run a different game here. See, we, we like you. We, we want you to talk. But, <laughs> but, but with that note, you, you do kind of have that fast, uh, giddy up type of space of you going out to the forge. You, you have all those small talk of supply and demand. You've got Jules looking in on this cob that's like partially popped, but not really. It's just at like the very ends. And you're like, oh, well, which part do I eat? I've never seen corn like this. Exploding corn before, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just heard the rumors, and yeah, it's, it, it's about four or five minutes go by as kind of things happen. The, the forge gets lit up and start as kind of just the demonstration of equipment. The uh, clear snoring of uh, Dusty gets louder as the day goes on. And you, you've been out about six minutes there, Cass, and you kind of groan back awake, and you're inside uh, slumped up in a corner. We uh, should we do something about this one? It doesn't look well. Honest, none of us are doing well. Am I like you're you're, you're, you're conscious again? You hurt like the fucking dickens. You like I'm entire just left toss side. Toss him a good berry. <laughs> these these help. Eat this. I don't know what a good berry does. Actually, I probably do know what a good berry does. I can't remember. One d eight of heals or something. It sustains you for a day. It also gives you one hit point of healing. So uh, oh. we're we're gonna put you back up to two hit points now. There. Nestor. Haven't you all got a healer around these parts? It seems like if there's this much trouble walking through your door, you might want someone who can heal. Not to not to tell you how to live your life, but... Well, I mean, there's a doctor in town, but that would involve going to town, which we're not planning to do, so... Can I roll like, I don't know, like a medical check or like an insight check to see how bad our, our friend Cass is doing here? Sure thing. Let's do medicine if you have it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Since you have it, you're you're a bard. You do bard I'm things. Pretty fancy. Uh, that's the most of us. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> you come up to him and you can definitely see tons of bruising. He looks exhausted, like he hasn't slept in two days. Bed rest is going to help him the most right now. And also seeing how strong that guy was, this dude should be in much more mortal danger. But you have seen things like this. You spent a lot of time at the City of Knowledge and have like co-mingled with a lot of other casters. You're pretty positive someone cast Spare the Dying on him. Okay, okay. All right, and and a lot of goes back over to her bag, and she's gonna pull out what is, it's like a forming hammer, but it's like too big. It's like too big, <laughs> and she's gonna look at Cass, uh, and she's going to be like, "All right, I know you don't know me, 
I like your cape, by the way. Uh, and uh, you're just gonna have to trust me on this one. And she just fucking rears back and just fucking whips him across the head with it as hard as she can. Uh, Roll and that D8. Well, uh, and she's gonna cast Cure Wounds. That's yeah. how Alana casts mm-hmm, Cure mm-hmm. Wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I caught on that part, but man, it would have been great if he didn't know until after the damage is rolled. Uh, just like, ha, ha, ha. Actually, and uh, she healed him for a thrilling two, but it looked cool, so that's fun. All right, <laughs> you, you doubled his hit points. There you go. You gain two hit points. There's definitely like a little bit of a flinch moment, but also as it comes swinging through, it kind of just passes through you as it turns into like this light version of a hammer, and then resolidifies as it like goes through you, and like your jaw and like upper chest feel a lot better. But yeah, you still feel terrible throughout the rest of your body uh it was almost like some local anesthesia just went through like your head and shoulders it's my lidocaine hammer and so like alana kind of turns around sheepishly and she's like sorry i don't usually do that on the first date but it seems appropriate uh anyway so uh about that cuppa uh and she sort of sits flails about and sits down in the there, local there's chair. There's just so much. I cannot express how much is bullshit she's wearing. Like, it's she's got to, like, fight with the cape, and then she's got to fight with the hammers, and she's got to pick up the belt. And the, like, it's just it's too much. Too much stuff. Love it. <laughs> Rowena just kind of watches all of that, takes it in, and just goes, right, let me go get the tea and put some cookies in the oven. Goes in the kitchen, comes back, like, a minute later with the two teacups from the sideboard and then probably like a, a very dented metal <laughs> tankard that clearly also looks like it probably got thrown against something, but because it was metal, it didn't shatter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the fourth thing is probably the broken like bottom of one of the like canister, like, like <laughs> canisters or whatever, as the teacups, she hands the nice functional teacups to Alana and to Cass, hands the dented tankard to HJ. And then sits down with the like weird bottom of the like flower canister for herself. Yeah, it's that strange little moment where you all kind of just sit around. You're all holding that nice warm cup of tea. Jewel, you probably have to like grab a, a cloth napkin that's thrown about the house just because the metal doesn't really uh, save your hot. hands from the heat yeah. very well. Mm, totally. We all have that. You're like nice one little sip in and it's all kind of that sigh of relief as you feel like, okay, maybe we can wind down a little bit. Maybe the action's finally passed and you just hear the loudest blood curdling scream from upstairs of just get off, get off. And you can just see flailing upstairs, Dusty completely disrobing himself and throwing things down and he like gets up and tries to run away and just falls and trips on himself. It's like, it's got me. And he like kicks his shoes off and is like flipped over the like bedroll that he was on and is now just in a full-on panic attack upstairs. HJ kind of looks around. This might be my fault. I'm going to take care of this. Uh, I do have some questions to ask you, but I'm I'm going to fix this. And what HJ, did you do? I just made sure he, I just made sure he wasn't. We would know if he woke up and it worked. One second. I'll be right back. And I'm going to scamper up the stairs. Great. Yeah. And you you can see him catching his breath as he's like frantically checking his arm and like limbs for any marks. And he seems fine other than he's just in a cold sweat. He is just in his like boxers and one sock. And he is just looks up at you and he's like, I, uh, I know I need to sleep, but I'd really like to go home. Oh, 
Yeah, well, good. Good morning. Look, I'm sorry your shoes were tied up. I just needed to make sure you weren't going anywhere. But Dusty, what? Yeah. We're gonna, you did great. We're going to get you home. We got it out of you. It worked. You're cured. Look, I, I promise you're just a little tired. Okay. It just it just, it felt it felt real again. I didn't, I didn't like it. I'm I'm gonna try and get back to sleep. Okay. You want you want me to go? He he just grabs the bed roll from like that he tossed over and just rolls back on the floor and is now using like the bed mat as a blanket and just pretty quickly goes back to sleep. Okay. And I walk and I just want to like look him over to make sure there really isn't anything there. He's not. He is actually fine. He okay. seems to have had a nightmare or night terror. Gotcha. Yeah, now I feel bad for tying his shoes together. <laughs> and I walk back down into the kitchen. Dusty's Dusty's fine. He'd think he just had a he had a nightmare or a night terror, but I don't think he's really good to have him out here too much longer. I think we probably should at some point bring him back home. We can take everybody home. Once everyone's taken an actual nap. We have been awake for 24 hours. Cass just got his arse kicked. Dusty just recovered from fucking exhaustion poison bullshit. You and I aren't looking great either, and the horses need time to recoup before we can go back to Arya. So, everyone's going to take a fucking nap. You're welcome to join us if you'd like, uh, oh, miss. Uh, no, or we can go out to the forge and talk while the boys sleep. Uh, no, actually, well, let me do that. I'm going to need uh, something of a favor uh, from you. I'm just going to be upfront about that. But it seems like you've all had a lot of stuff going on, and it seems like you're all exhausted. Why don't you just let me hold down the fort? I'll brush down the horses for you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw some coal on the forge, warm it up for you. And y'all just, you take a rest. I, I really don't mind. It's the least that I can do. I, I really, really don't mind. Rhoda kind of looks you over and you can see, you can probably see in her eyes. It is that, that look you get from bartenders or something where they're like trying to assess if you're genuine or not. Yeah. Uh, Alana sees this and she reaches into her bag and she pulls out just like the nicest fucking hammer you've ever seen in your entire life. It's just, it's like beautiful and it's carved and it's engraved and it's it's just like, it's a sexy fucking hammer, right? Listen, I, it's fine. Uh, and, and she slides it over the table and she goes, how about this? Why don't you watch this for me? Keep it safe. It's a little collateral. I promise I'm not going to run off with anything. I just, I'm trying to do a bit of good before I inconvenience you even further. It really is the least I can do. On on my hammers, just go take a fucking nap. I, you know, for a smith to trust another with their tool, it's good enough for me. You can keep your hammer, but I am going to take you up on the offer. Everyone to bed now! Do you want to touch it, though? Do you want to touch it a little bit? It's a beautiful hat. You know you want to. Do you want to touch it a little bit? It's fine. I don't mind. Runa hesitates, and then she's yeah, yeah, and she's gonna pick it up, and you see, she picks it up with her right hand and sort of, like, feels the heft, and you can tell she, she's got her hammer in her left as, like, a right-handed draw, but you also see that as she does it, she just very cleanly tosses it into her left hand and does a couple of, like, mock swings lefty with it, and she's like, hmm. Right? It's a good hammer. Right? It's, like, really good, right? It's, it's, mm, chef's kiss. It's fine. <laughs> I... I will take you up on this offer on the promise that you tell me a little more about uh, where you find such fine tools once we wake up and we go uh, raid the forge for whatever these supplies are that you're needing. 
all right, it's a deal. Great. And also maybe in that same place is where you find a, um, a cactus that looks like a cabbage as HJ is kind of like walking out of the room. What are you on about? <laughs> He's looking for a cure of some sort. All right. <laughs> Cass stands up from the corner that he was sitting in <laughs> and walks over to the table and takes a sip of tea and then picks up the bag of the remaining good berries and ties it and shoves it into his coat or like into his bag and then walks back over the corner, takes off his, his cloak again, lays it out and just thunk falls straight onto yep. the floor. And you can all kind of get off to your own corners as you like to, you know, settle in. And sleep does come swiftly. Uh, with it, you feel like the knowledge gained is more applicable in life. You, you, you feel a bit better. And in this sleep, you all kind of just have your own out-of-body experience. Cass... You can see a smug Brutus just eating handfuls of seeds on the back of a horse, riding off, spitting them out, all sorts of smug. And you swear he almost like looks at your astral self and like gives you a wink as you then will fade back into a deep sleep. Rowena, you get this weird series of visions of Alana. You can see some of her best work. You can just see her crafting all sorts of various things. You know, she painstakingly found someone to build the most convoluted schematic for like a bandolier that fits hammers and pins. You can see her using those hammers and pins to make better hammers and pins. You see the craft that she brings to the table and it is respectable. It is good. It is it is whole, and it's just really nice feeling as you fall deeper into sleep. Of there is a skilled craftsman near your forge again, and there is something very settling about that. And then we have Jewel, who goes off to sleep and can just sit up out of his body, and he like looks back and can actually see him just laying there on the floor or on the cot wherever you ended up falling asleep here in this house and there's a knock at the door but it's not really at the door as you kind of peer out the window of this house and there's just starlight you make your way over to the door and crack it on open and it's a strange vision of yourself in this elegant golden oversized armor He's a bit taller, he's a bit different, but he looks 90% like you. Are you, are you me? One could say so, in a weird roundabout sort of way. And I kind of like look back, do I see myself lying there? You can see yourself as a kid, like curled up sleeping, like with your other like siblings and cousins, where your mom is like reading a story late one rainy night with just like a fire burning. And she's just going through. And you remember this story dozens of times of how your people came here. And it's one of your favorites to fall asleep to. And then I kind of like lip, like lip sync back and then they built the cities and then I look back up and then I finish shining with gold and I see see the armor and I have this sudden realization you're you're one of the ones that came over yeah 
I, uh, haven't gotten the chance to see it through yet. You mind if I tag along? Oh, I'd, I'd be honored. I'd, I'd love to show you the world. I've, I've traveled from one side of the continent to the other. I'm, I'm a chosen champion of one of the ah. gods. Gods? Yeah. And that, that's when like the camera fades out and you both, you look like you're getting farther apart because the background and the foreground are zooming past and expanding, but it feels like you're still face to face. The gods? And then that just reverberates and echoes again and again on itself. And then you come stop freeze frame zooming into each other as you then just kind of black out from the impact and startle yourself awake like 10 hours later. It's it's close to midnight. There, there's a nice warm fire going on. Things have been tidied up a bit. Alana is there around and kind of sees you popped up and all of the cups have been popped back into shape and a lot of things have been scooped back into jars as kind of this, I think, need to tidy may have overtook you while everyone was asleep. HJ kind of just like pops up and exclaims loudly, just, are the gods not good enough? And that's when everyone wakes up because Jules is yelling about the gods. It's, it's, It's about 10 to midnight. House is much tidier than what it used to be. It's nice and warm, though. Rowena wanders into the kitchen to check on what she stuck in the oven before she went to sleep and probably just like freezes in the doorway when she sees that so much of the stuff is fixed now and just kind of like stands there and stares for a minute and without a single word just turns around and walks out the back door. I think the camera's going to follow you out of the house for a little bit, leaving everyone kind of behind as you kind of swirl out into this very quickened pace that you have. Rowena just goes out the back door, doesn't bother closing it behind her, and about 120 feet directly off the back of the forge, there's... It's hard to tell what it is from the house, but as you get closer and approach it, it's this, you know, shape on the ground... There's a pile of what looks like pieces of unfinished metal and like blanks that could have been turned into swords or shoes at some point, but have never been formed that have sort of been shaped to cover this area. Mm -hmm. And then surrounding it, almost creating a fence, is more of these sword blanks that have just been hammered into the ground, except for the one that's right at the top of it that is a sword. It's very similar to the one that Rowena carries, but it's clearly sized for someone much taller. And she just sits down kind of at the foot of this, just cross-legged, and starts fidgeting with the ring on her left hand and just kind of stares at it. It's when the three of you can kind of all peek your head out, so through the kitchen from various poses as you can kind of see her her figure just sit down in the moonlight it is a full moon the clouds have parted it, it is very easy to see out and the three of you are in the house as a young dusty also stirs she's like i heard yelling are we okay who's this oh that's that's dusty he's he's the reason why we're all here he was sick and then the god of the grave kind of helped fix him and then we fixed him and then he woke up you, you were here for that. But yeah, Dusty, we're going to get him home. Don't worry about him. 
Dusty, good morning. Is it morning? Are we just up really early? It's dark out. It's morning somewhere. We all rested. <laughs> uh, Dusty, this is... I I don't think I got your name yet. How rude of me. Alana. My name is Alana. Nice to meet you all. Sorry for the uh, intrusion, uh, but it seems like it, there's a lot going on with you. With you lot. Yeah, it's just like, you know, trouble seems to follow people who get picked by gods as I'm I'm learning. But my, my name's Hunted Jewel. Nice to meet you. We're on our way back to a, t- to a town called Aria. Yeah, though, that's that's the story. Hey, um, did you, you ever you ever seen a, a cactus that looks like a cabbage? Cactus that looks like a cabbage? I, no, I cannot say that I have. I'm sorry. What about a, a, a place that has like tall rocks, um, plateaus, big cactus things? Is, is any of that ringing a bell? Can I roll a knowledge check? Yeah, go ahead and give me nature. I mean, he's talking about natural croppings and things of that. Uh, That's a 17. 17? I mean, there's a lot of crags here and there, but those are more like big pointy rocks. Those kind of surround Griffin's Roost, some areas farther up north. Uh, You've heard of a volcano surrounded by a bunch of spiky, craggy rocks, big flat rocks. You think down in the southwest, over by Fallen Scale. It, so- it sounds like some of the rocks beyond Fallen Scale. Lana goes uh, back over to her like random pile of bullshit that she's kind of like tried to like neatly stack on the table, and she starts digging through books and she throws papers. And she's like, she just cleaned it and she's making it worse, and it's fine. And she sort of like she finds like a big thing and she opens it. And she goes. Maybe something like it's a bit in specific that, but um, I've I've heard something about like fallen scale. Maybe I'm not I'm not quite sure. Uh, maybe have I heard of fallen scale? Uh, you, you know it is one of the major cities. You haven't been there, but you, yeah, you've you've seen the, uh, the plateaus no, I, by fallen I, scale. I don't I don't get out much. Um, but I. I I've read about a lot of places that I've always wanted to see, um, but I, I remember there's a there's a picture I think Can I like show him like a I don't know like a geography sketch. Uh, like a yeah, map. actually, a map yeah. is what one might call refer <laughs> yeah. to that as forever geography sketches. <laughs> geography sketch now. <laughs> Those accurate geography sketches. Yeah, you recall in your own adventurers kit, you, and that like makes you like straighten up your like little badges and and pins that you have on your myriad of other knickknacks on your chest and you kind of rummage through and you pull out the big satchel of adventurers papers that you have and you do find a map of the continent and are able to kind of like point out some of these like big plateaus like southeast right at the edge of your map and then there's also some off to the far west beyond like this giant crater that's just northwest of it so yeah you're, you're able to kind of point that out to him that's wow. about as useful as I can be, but I'll, I guess I'll keep my eye out. Oh, I got it. Uh, that's that's so far. Look, sorry, I'm just I'm I'm trying to find a cure. A cure uh, for what? That's that's just it. We don't know. Oh. My my hunt elder's just befallen with sick. It's a mag- magical illness. He just is so weak. We, I was sent out to go find a cure. One of eleven. Oh, Elena's just gonna sort of. Um, I think she's just gonna sort of shrug and she goes. I'm sorry. I'm I'm more of a 
crafty, not a healy it's but I'll, I'll keep my my ears out and i can i can keep reading i've i haven't worked my way through a lot of these yet so I, not it, a problem fallen scale is more than enough that's more than i had before at least i have a destination now is is she all right sort of like a lot of like points out the door yeah k- kitchen door is still wide open i mean we we've, we've been through a bunch I mean, we might want to go check on her she's always been all right before she's she's really strong all right can I go out to where she's sitting? Certainly. Yeah. Uh, so you, yeah, you can be the first one out. Does anyone want mm-hmm. to follow? I will follow tentatively and curiously. I will remain in my corner. <laughs> yeah, that leaves just Cass and Dusty kind of just there, and as he like starts picking up like the cups of you know eight hour old tea and sipping <laughs> on them. Cass or Dusty? Dusty. <laughs> no, you're just watching this kid like poke around at stuff and is just consuming uh, I, everything he sees right now. I think I'm definitely sitting like writing down in a journal, actually, in the corner is what I'm doing. Got it. So um, what now? I think a lot is going to sort of ruffle through her pile of papers and she's going to pick up some stuff and she's going to head out to go talk to Rowena. And I think I, I, a lot of kind of like walks out the door and she sort of she sizes up the situation immediately, and so she sort of like looks at Jewel, and she kind of looks at Rowena, and she kind of like she doesn't want to, but she she's got to go, she's got to go, uh, and so she kind of comes over and she she kneels down next to Rowena, and she says, um, "How long has it been?" I'm sorry, sorry, I am. Oh, it's all right. Uh, How... It's oh. new, isn't it? Less than a year. Yeah. It's pretty sudden. There was nothing could be done about it. Uh, it's been five for me. I I don't know. One smith to another. Uh, it never gets easier, I don't think. But sometimes the hurt stops for a little bit at a time. That is... That's something, at least. Um, I hate... I hate it, you know? Hard. Yeah. Still hard. But, um... What do you do when um when your fire gets cold? You put more coal in and you find a way to keep going, don't you? And she sort of like slaps her on the back, but like too hard, <laughs> like too like awkwardly oh, yeah. and too hard. And she's like, um, well, actually, um, I might have something to take your mind off it for a for a wee bit at least. Um, you, you interested? I'll, uh, I'll take anything you've got at this point. I um I had a good distraction for a while, but it's sort of um kindled itself out as it were um do you you wouldn't happen to have any um ore lying about would you possibly that was more arthur's uh domain but i know where he kept his his stuff i didn't always use it we could go look in the forge it's about the only thing i didn't wreck when i was leaving it seemed sort of profane to touch it i respect that i'm sure he did too uh <sighs> Well, here, here's the thing, um, and, and Alana, like, offers her a hand to, like, get up. I don't usually just sort of drop this on strangers, but I don't know. It's some, there's something about you, my friend. I'm, I'm trying to find some ore because I, I, I found something, a, a way of, of uh, doing things that I, I'm not quite sure what happens, uh, really. And she sort of deep pockets again, and she pulls out this, like, super shiny lightweight 
piece of metal that's like sort of like it looks like half of a pauldron that's just kind of like cracked like it looks like somebody like smashed it and broke it off um and she pulls it out and she hands it to Rowan and she says have you ever seen anything like that before it gets dropped into your hand and it feels much lighter than what you were expecting you've seen some metals that can get this thin and kind of have these proportions but they're usually denser than this i can't say i have it's it's certainly a fine piece of work if it's as uh if it's as strong as it looks but this light that's a uh, oof that'll put the rest of us and out of business alana just fucking grins like the first time you've really seen her smile <laughs> this whole night uh and she goes do you want to test it what are you thinking and she sort of like head nods over I, you have like a cool roll of hammers there blacksmith i think we at some point earlier on probably walked through the forge and yeah there's just like racks of like crazy tools up in the forge we can like run will get up and kind of like head towards there as we're like talking about this and so like as as they're sort of like butting around with this uh sort of piece of metal that's clearly just sort of like a piece of something larger uh, alana says so I, I, I'm sure you noticed, but I've got a bit of magic uh, in me, and and there's something about me, and there's something about the metal, and we just, we work together, um, and I've I've found something, and she sheaves through the stack of papers, and she says, "There's there's a way, there's a way of doing this that is different than anything anybody's ever done before." But the thing is, is that. I don't know what happens after this. I think there's a third step. I think there's something else that could change this and make it more or, or better or stronger or something. It's at this point in your excitement, Dusty kind of comes in behind uh, Jewel because I assume you would follow them when they went to their other location. He's like, what's what, what's going on? And you can hear just this high tone start from uh, both the metal that you have, as well as uh, Dusty's belt. I still have the pitchfork, I think. Tuning fork? Or, yep. It's a very <laughs> tiny blunt pitchfork. It's different. <laughs> But yeah, your 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 tune your tuning fork also has that like high end note now that uh, Dusty's come on in. Well, well, all right, Mister uh, Brovin said the belt's uh, some sort of volcanic rock or that something way. like that. Aye, Dusty, I need your belt. What? what? <laughs> it keeps my pants up. Well, learn to wear suspenders. There's some in the upstairs dresser. And like, yeah, he takes his belt off and like hands it over to you, and he like clearly has oversized pants that he thinks he's going to grow into. Um, <laughs> so like, I love Dusty. Dusty, yeah, I, Dusty for I'll, president. I'll go, I'll, I'll go get that. Yeah, my, my my parents have a bunch of that stuff, if you're interested. They, they, they make knickknacks from it every once in a while. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go get suspenders, whatever those are. And wait, no, you you come back. You, no. Yeah, 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 wait. Yeah. You said you have more of this. Uh, yeah, my, my parent, my family, uh, we, we trade in just odd oddities and, and we got that, uh, oh God, a couple years ago, um, travelers just got a whole mess of it. it uh, what? hundred hundred and twenty pounds. Alana, like visibly like, fuck, she's just like, <laughs> heavy uh, breathing, heavy breathing. Uh, and she goes, she goes. All right, young one. Uh, I we'll talk more about this later. Uh, but uh, Rowena, do you fancy a science lesson? Oh, I'm always down for a little bit of science. HJ holds out the tuning fork that is also vibrating at the same pitch. Look, I, this is from the Brovins too. Here's 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 a little bit more. 
and he just like holds it out if anyone will take it. Yeah, and uh, pitchfork, completely normal pitchfork. It's made out of metal. It is tuned very nicely to like a, a specific note. Not really a practical note as far as music goes, um, but it is tuned to a specific frequency. It's intriguing. This belt buckle is the first iteration of what you know of the refining process there, Alana, and your sliver of, of what was left that you, you know didn't have to sell on your way out of town <laughs> um, is uh, is the second step. And yeah, if you if you want to get excited and spiel into it, I'm also happy to hand wave this uh, explanation. If you'd like to dive on into maybe a uh, three minute TED talk. Oh, sure. All right. <laughs> and I need you to pick, you know, that one thing and it's always sunny where he's got like the yarn and the paper <laughs> and the thing. That is what is the, the like Alana has turned an entire wall of the forge into this. There's string. I don't know where the string came from. There's just maps and books and shit. And she's holding like three books at the same time. And like we enter like in media res and she's like, and right. So what you do is you have to refine it. But if you refine it more than once, that's where it gets interesting. Look here. And she points to a book, but she's got her big beefy dwarf lady hands. And she fucking just punches like half of this book just off. And she's like, ah, fuck. And she like picks it up and she's like, when you refine it once, right? You know what happens, right? It turns into like a, a magnet. It sings. The metal sings, right? Right. That's where but, you get the tuning fork from. Yes. Yeah. Right. But have you ever done it a second time? No. Why would you ever refine it a second time? Ah, that's what I thought too. But then I started and here's what happened. You can stretch the metal. You can roll it out. You can make it twice as thin and twice as strong with little to no effort. Do you realize the implications of this? We are talking uh, military. We're talking science. We're talking, I mean, uh, to a certain extent, fashion, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. There are so many practical applications. And she's just, the more that she talks, the more these books are just being shredded. Yes, it's like five, ten minutes. And it's at this point, like, Kaz has been like, where the fuck did everyone go? And you've probably <laughs> no, like, I, I say I walked in. And if you look like really closely at these books, you realize that like the books are just all taped together because you realize this is like a very frequent occurrence she just keeps like accidentally breaking her very delicate antique books <laughs> and so and so she's like all right ruin it you you know how do you how do you refine ore the first time what do you do with it at the end it's it's all hot and what do you do Plunge it into the into the water, right, right? Exactly. You quench it, right? You quench it with water. But there, there are other elements, Rowena. There are other elements in this world that are just as powerful and just as exciting. So what you do? The earth, Rowena. The earth is the second step. You take it, you bury it, you refine it there, and that's what makes it strong. And I think, I think that there's a third step, and I don't know what happens because my work got interrupted in a quite unfortunate sort of way. But I think there's another thing that needs to happen. And so I'm looking for ore, I'm looking for metal, because I think that if I can figure this out, we could change the world. And she sort of like triumphantly just like drops the book because there are no fantasy microphones in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that you've uh, discovered. Well, only if you have thaumaturgy. Yeah. I would like to uh, roll a perception check for a microphone. No, I'm just kidding. And so, so yeah, so she like sort of like breathlessly 
is just very pleased with herself. And Dusty like walks in with suspenders on backwards. So he's got like the cross <laughs> in the front and the lines going down the back. And he's like, these are nice. Oh, right. Well, at least you figured out how to get them to the right height for yourself. Okay, we can work on that later. Not important. So you refine it once and you quench it with water and it does what you normally expect. And then the second time you bury it in the earth and now it's thinner and finer it's at this point she like brings you over to the book so you can like read it out and the steps and you can see like this big long experimentation chain of she she's actually gone and done tested every possible way of cooling the metal so it's like okay. with water with water again with water again and it's like it's always the same effect when you do it with water and then after a certain amount of time when you actually get them together if you can go through various steps if you cool it in the earth instead of water the first time around the same thing happens but then if you take one that's already been cooled in water and then bury it in the earth and then when you dig it back out it's this extra refined thinner version of itself and then when you take one that's already been cooled in the earth and dunk it into the water that's when you're able to stretch it out and make it thinner and make it lighter uh, okay. and it's it, it's this strange step to it and she has successfully been able to create kind of this first step once before before it seems like the research has ended of she just made it and then let it sit there until it cooled naturally and it still got to the first phase so the theory here is if you do all three water earth and air for cooling of this volcanic rock another stage will come out of it she just hasn't gotten to do all three yet all right well if you can figure out how this works i you're gonna you're gonna be the wealthiest smith in the kingdom this is this is something i've never i've never seen anything like this before the closest thing i've ever seen to this well, it's not even anything I've seen. It's just theories I've heard of. I, I, this is... What is it that you think I can help you with? I, I mean, I... I don't know how you found me or who recommended me. I guess I'm flattered. But, you know, Arthur was the... Was the... Was the one who really knew what was going on. Everything I know was just what I picked up from him. And I, I don't have a lot of... I mean, I've got supplies. I, you can look through the orb bin and see if there's anything else, but I, we can take you to Arya and we can try to get you some more of that, but I don't, I don't know what else I can do for you. I'll tell you what. You give me the space and you find me some ore. Maybe I can help around the forge a bit for a while. Uh, I could, I'd be happy to teach you a few things. There's uh, lady blacksmiths are few and far between in these parts and I feel like we, you know, Game recognized game, as they say in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, in, in my dwarven culture, as they say. Um, uh, so I know it's a strange request, and I know a stranger coming up nowhere on the back of a donkey is a is a really funny way to, to get messed up in all of this. But I just I really think that there's something to it, and I think that well maybe. A, Band of adventurers like yourselves seem to be, they might, well, they might want like a share of the profits. Well, I am, um, I'm happy to help. Yeah, how I can. And um, as far as I'm concerned, forge is yours as long as you want it. I'm not using it anymore. And so Alana like reaches into yet another innumerable pocket and she pulls out like just like the daintiest, cutest little hammer you've ever seen. And she goes, cheers. <laughs> just kind of like looks and just kind of tries, pulls her just like really standard like basic ass 
Smith's hammer out of her belt and just kind of like holds it up to like do the dink. She goes, dink. Yeah, that's great. Can I go home now? Fires and fights. Yes, Dusty, we're going to take you home. <laughs> I mean, you want the rock, right? I mean, that's yes, that's I want where the rock. I was. Okay. I, I, remember how we were going to give everyone enough time to forget that they were going to string you up for poisoning a girl. I firmly believe they'll never forget that. Right, right. I just want to make sure you also don't forget that. So. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah. No. Right. I, and and okay. Also, that box was empty when I picked it up. So, yeah. What box? When 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 I met the girl, I the box I, that you gave yeah. back an empty box. No, no I, I didn't give her the box. I. At the Lloyd's place, they get a lot of, you know, garbage and deliveries and stuff. So I went to go get a box to try and capture a thing. And she saw me going for the box and went to hand me the box and something crawled out of it. So I never did it. I was, I just, I knew that I had the berry. I, so you I just got scared. planning to poison her. I was planning to get a box. I, I wasn't committed to anything. There is, from behind you, Alana swears loudly as she has smashed her hand with a hammer because she's just <laughs> eavesdropping the fuck into this conversation, but like pretending like she's working and you realize she's not even like hitting anything. She's just hit her hands. She's not even hitting the hammer onto anything and she's just like listening and she's like, sorry. No, you're not the one who needs to be apologizing here. This is some new information. I just... Yeah, I haven't really gotten a chance to share my side of the story. Now that no one's sick, I kind of thought I might be able to go home and talk about it. Everyone got really quiet. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more? And then maybe we can go and back you up. Because trust me, right now, no one's going to believe you. You ran away. I I ran away because I didn't think anyone would believe me. Self-fulfilling well, prophecy, they call that. Yeah. Master Diatrove, how are you feeling? Cass has, like, not taken his eyes off of Alana and is not really concerned with anything other than what what he's just heard about this, like, mystery power stuff. <laughs> 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 and um, he comes to. He's like, sorry, what? Well, I wanted to make sure you were feeling better, and then I was going to ask you if you've ever heard about how a soul slink manifests. You're looking a little glazed. Mm. Are you all right? Uh, Alana, you can go ahead and roll an arcane when you hear soul slink. Ooh. Cass looks up, and, he, and he's like, I, uh, I'm uh, I'm beat up. No shit. That's an 18, baby. Nice. Alana, you're, you're kind of racking your brain about Souls Link. Souls Link, I've heard about that. And you like flip through a book and you're like local oddities. And you like find subsection Griffin's Roost, Spirits this, Spirits that. And, and you find Soul Slink and you're like, oh, yeah, those things are nasty. Uh, they bite you or sting you more so. It's actually really hard to tell if it's a mouth or a stinger. They, they poison you and, and or inject you with venom. It's, again, hard to tell. They're not really studied very much. Um, then you become an insomnia for three days and at the end of the three days you go through a cycle of immense pain that is literally killing you and then rapid regeneration and then back to awful pain and this cycle usually lasts until a mercy killing takes place they are nasty they are terrible no one really knows what 
attracts or draws them, but it's usually quiet places. Like th these aren't something that you like find in cities. These are almost like an, a, a strange ambush predator. Then the running theory of it is it is concentrated grief and pain that was never expressed that no one ever knew of manifested and it needs to express that pain somehow and it does so through the venom i convey all of that word for word but in a bad scottish accent <laughs> <laughs> okay so a source link you have there and it... uh but at the at the sort of like close of like how they tend to originate uh alana sort of gives like a little bit of a look at rowena and just kind of like raises one eyebrow Rowena has started doing that thing where she's like clearly still listening, but she's got like both hands on the edge of the table and she's kind of like staring down very intently at some of the, the papers. So that's what I know. But what do we, what do you all plan to do about it? At this point, we're going to take the boy back to his parents. We're going to get you some more of this ore. And I suppose from there we see uh, which the fates casts their stones for us next. Eh? Seems as good a plan of any. Yeah, no, that that sounds good. Maybe it'll uh, take us over by fallen scale. Isn't that in the opposite direction? As like Dusty like like thinks to himself about the geography that he does know about. We'll drop you off first. If you keep talking, maybe we'll go to fallen scale first. But if you don't keep talking. Well, if you have any, well, okay, let me back that up. If you have anything else to say that you haven't told us yet, you need to tell us now. Because if you don't do that, then we're, I'm, I'm taking you to fallen scale. Uh, okay. Sometimes I dream that instead of legs, I have chicken feet. I do really like Mackenzie. Um, I don't think she's ever going to like me back. So I should probably you just move correct. on. Yep. Um, the God of the Grave spoke to you and says that I'm a chosen one, and I, 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 I want to, I want to do something it's, with that. So not I've been, what I've been thinking about the church, or maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just start over somewhere. Um, what are you yeah. good at, Dusty? Aside from you know expressing your interest in older girls in very inappropriate ways. <laughs> I thought I was pretty good at winging it, and it all blew in my face. So I'm trying to maybe come up with a plan a bit better. Um, I, I I think I'm a pretty good negotiator. I, I tend I tend to the shop you know once a week and get some pretty good deals. Rena's gonna f scrabble around in the like mess that is the forge and find like a like a piece of a charcoal pencil like tear off a piece of paper probably from one of Alana's schematics that's already a little bit wrecked it's so she can find a corner that doesn't like <laughs> matter uh and is just gonna <laughs> scribble down like a name and a location fold it up and hand it to Dusty this is the woman who gave me a job when I was a bit younger than you if you ever decide you want to strike out on your own you can go look her up and see if she uh can put you to work washing dishes and throwing drunk men out of bars it's a good place to start teaches you a lot of life skills Oh, oh, I thought you were a smith. I was, after I met my husband. He didn't want me, you know, working in a bar anymore. It seemed beneath oh. us. But oh, honestly, I like it a lot oh. better. You're old, so you do more than one thing. Okay. Um. Yes, yes. If my first child had lived, they'd be a little older than you. Cool. Right. <laughs> so, why don't you go make sure you've packed up everything you need in the house? Um, yeah. Um, do you mind if I grab another pair of suspenders? These things are really neat. Please help yourself to as many as you want. Arthur's not going to be using them anymore. 
thanks and like runs off back into the house I think it's at that point you can all kind of scoff and, and look around as you can saddle up the horses. It's like 1230 at night, but you do all feel rested. Uh, even you, Alana, you, you took it nice and easy. I mean, I won't tell them that you you did nap while uh, everyone else was sleeping. So that's between us. They'll never know. But yeah, you, you can saddle up the horses. And I think Dusty was riding with Cass. And uh, yeah, set off back east towards Aria. Yeah, it's just one of those fade outs and then fade back up of now everyone's kind of on horses about to leave kind of the stable. The the donkey as well as the extra horses have been fed. As everybody else is like gathering uh, like supplies and stuff from the house, uh, Lana is teaching Dusty how to make a bow and arrow out of suspenders and a stick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's just like, all right. So what you want to do is you really, like. It's just, just like overly explaining how to do, like do this. HJ is uh, there, also learning about uh, suspender bows. I think Cass walks up to Rowena and says very quietly, "Not that I'm uh, a fan of the fates, but don't you think that if they wanted us discovering uh, some new thing like this, that they would have just given it to us?" For a man who doesn't have a lot of faith in the fates, you sure do put a lot of expectation on them telling us what we're supposed to be doing, don't you? No. That's actually exactly the point. Someday, I hope you'll tell me what it is that happened to you. I don't expect it. I don't need it. But whatever secrets you're carrying, I know how that life is. And I'm willing to listen if you ever want a shoulder. But in the meantime, this is the hand we've been dealt. So. So. And then uh, Cass pulls out a good berry and eats it <laughs> and then walks away. It's at this point you can uh, have your little moment. You can get things settled up. You, you help Dusty up on your horse. And is he riding front or behind you? Front. Front. <laughs> so you can keep an eye on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially he, after what he just told us in the forge. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You can also just like, you appreciate he's in suspenders now because you're like, yep, I'm just going to grab this if need be. Just get him back into shape. And he, he seems to take to the saddle a bit more. And you, you can head your way off east uh, again towards Aria. Alana, you, you, you have not traveled to Aria. You haven't really uh, traveled this way. And if you did travel this way, maybe you didn't even stop here? seems to be interesting if they have you know a bunch of this super rare rock that you know your contacts in the city of knowledge couldn't get you so yeah. it's uh gonna be an interesting ride and you head out probably close to one still nice bright moon it's gotten about halfway through the sky it's almost like a, a clear patch of sky has uh opened up around the area around Gastellan and in the woods east of it it's quiet it's calm. You can see the clouds just kind of drifting on by. You're about two, three hours into your trip, about a third of the way towards Aria. Um, eh, maybe a little bit more than that. I'm getting close to the halfway mark. As the moon's setting, starting to peek from underneath the clouds now, and Dusty's the first to really spot it and goes, that's a weird light. And as you're coming up to this road and just this patch of woods off to your left, you can all see this glow walking out of the forest of this like six foot tall person made of stars, just super compact 
glowing, beautiful, yellow, gold, and like white light of just these gorgeous symmetrical proportions of just an exquisite humanoid outline and kind of just steps out of the forest maybe a hundred feet off uh, in front of you and like another 200 feet off to your left as it kind of comes out to the forest and points over at your horse casts and dusty and kind of just does a, a finger beckon towards the woods and dusty kind of just grabs those reins and he's like this looks cool and is like trying to steer the horse that way can i roll an investigation check to see if i recognize this guy roll with advantage do we all see this? You you all see this after uh, Dusty's pointed it out. Sword and uh, shield up and ready. Great. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you'd like to figure out what this is, Rowena, you can also roll with advantage. Yeah. Uh, just uh, intelligence. Can I also see if I... I think that You can I'm roll also, uh... flat, yeah, if you're oh. interested in what this thing may be. Wow. No advantage for you. Thanks. <laughs> and sorry, which, which skill I'm do you want? I'm not going to roll. Uh, for you, it would be. Uh, let me just look at your sheet real quick. Uh, I think just an intelligence. Do you have investigation? I do not. You do not. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 let's just go with a raw intelligence. Okay, that's fine. That's kind of what I figured. Nine. Yeah, I rolled a full ass eight. Seventeen. I'm not rolling because I'm fighting Dusty for the reins. Mm. <laughs> Balance. Balance. <laughs> You're like I'm busy. Classic yeah, uh, Dusty. Go, go ahead and give me an animal handling check then. No. Oh. It's contested with Dusty, who knows so much about animals. Four. So good with animals. Dusty wins with a seven. Oh my god! I, I'm go. the only one who you... made double digits on that with my seventeen. Fuck, dude! I haven't yeah. rolled double digits all. Oh no, that's not true. In the fight, I rolled double no, you digits. Rolled, like two yeah, or three I was just saying, you had a good yeah. couple of good rolls in the fight. A couple of good rolls, some low damage. Um, but yeah, the, the the horse does start to kind of go off the road and is making that beeline towards this illuminated figure, um, and the tip of the tongue alana you're just like this is this is the um the um the um and you can immediately you're like yeah that's it when rowena goes just immediately under her breath is like starfall starfall's real yup so yeah alantra rowena we've talked about this yeah you know about this local myth and legend this has to be the starfall based on every description you've ever heard yeah no, this is bad. This is very bad. And I see Cass and Dusty fighting for the horse, and I am gonna wheel Farrier and try to go cut off for an intercept to try to block them from going anywhere. Sure thing. I'm gonna probably shout at the party and just be like, don't let that child get near that thing and ride for the intercept. Yeah. Go ahead and give me an animal handle. Do I get advantage because it's my horse? Yes. In the distance, you hear Cass going, Brutus! Brutus, stop this! <laughs> My horse's name is Brutus. <laughs> so good. Yep, you met Brutus. You named it Brutus. And then, uh, yeah, then and you got to Brutus fucked me up! <laughs> I love the confusion if asked, it was the horse. Um, that is a 21 animal handling. Yeah, you, you are easily able to head them off. And Dusty's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get back on the road. That's fine. But it's just, doesn't that look cool? Don't you guys want to go look at it? Aren't you adventurers? Isn't that what we do now? We, we adventure? Part of adventuring is having the common sense not to go riding after the first thing you see. Okay, so what, what, what do we do now? As you can actually see it just float up about six feet off the ground. Get back on the road and keep riding. Sometimes 
young lad, it's uh, it's better to uh, ignore the bright, shiny things on the side of the road. Trust me, I know this from, uh, from experience. But, like, what is it, though? It steals children. Oh. Like, I don't, I don't know okay. what you want me to say. It appears as a beautiful oh. being and lures children, and then they're never seen again. She's saying all this very loud, like projecting in the direction of this thing, as she is clearly like keeping an eye on it. I thought it was a myth that parents told their children to make them behave, but I guess all myths have a bit of reality in them, don't they? All right, yeah, let's let's go, Dusty. Back on the road. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Oh, okay, I just, I, yeah. I guess we just, what, wave as, as we pass? So we're going to keep our heads down and we're going to not not look at it, my uh, young lad. Okay, and he, like, pops his, like, collar up a little bit and, like, turtles it into his shirt <laughs> and, and just kind of, like, stares at the back of the horse. And you can just kind of see this figure now just, like, beckoning out with its arms, almost like it's treading water in uh, the air. It's hovering about six feet off the ground and is just like trying to call forward with its arms and your horses, your mounts are getting a, a bit spooked from this thing being nearby. They they all pick up the pace as you're on the road and like are trying to like all trot by and just keep on going towards Aria. I mean, if you put on the pace, you might be able to get there in three hours. Yeah, I think we pick up the pace, and I think Rowena is going to ride slightly off of the road, like, again, sort of keeping herself between the party and the thing, like, sh again, like, fully, like, shield up, checking in her periphery for where it is and if it's moving. Is it following us? It kind of observes and rotates, like, through just the last couple of trees of, like, this thicket that's about 150 feet off the road, and kind of just rotates through this, like, last point or I guess the beginning point of the woods. And, and as you get kind of past, it kind of like just slumps back down onto the ground and you're just staring at it kind of over your shoulder as everyone's still on the road. The pace is getting picked up. It's starting to come off into the distance and you can just see a flash of light go off horizontally and then straight up. And it's now just turned into like this flat two-dimensional shape and is now just swifting and turning and gets onto the road now and is now just flying like a magic carpet after all of you. Do we want to lead this thing back to Arya? We just saved a kid. I don't want to lead it to more kids. And it's at this point too, all of your animals, whether you want to or not, are just in a full sprint. <laughs> and uh, thankfully your mounts are all pretty quick to where it, it doesn't seem like it's now gaining speed on you, but you're not sure how long you're going to be able to keep a full sprinting for uh, three hours to Arya. Well, I don't have any better ideas. It seems like fight or flight are our two options, so... Wind's definitely rushing by in the cold night air, and Dusty's like, am I still not supposed to look at it? And yep. just hooves and galloping, and you are all off at a swift pace. I mean, you, if you weren't awake before, the, the night air has definitely perked you up a bit, as well as, you know, the two-dimensional glowing light figure that is serpentining through the air after you. Alana, Cassilian, have either of you ever, uh, I don't know, fought a star? Nope. <laughs> I think Casta is like the only thing that he could think to do, given that he's never fought one. And he kind of just turns, riding the horse in reverse, and just like lets an arrow rip to see what happens. That's so bad. Yeah. That's fair. Go ahead and roll the hit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck. No. 
fired. Seven. Ugh. A seven is going to whiff. It, it, it goes sailing just a bit past it. Um, I, yeah, God, you! it's been how long since you fired off of horseback? 10, 15 years. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, it feels awkward. You're like, man, if I could just square up my hips, this would be so much easier. <laughs> Are they tough? Honestly, I don't know. But if it's an actual star, which is what our myth claims it is, shouting over the wind as we're still sprinting. Uh, <laughs> if it's an actual star, like our myth claims it is, then I presume it's made of pure radiant energy and can probably just, I don't know, annihilate us to a crisp or something. We've never really gone to investigate. But it only wants the kid, right? Don't you dare throw that child off your horse, Bastard Hydro. You didn't answer the question. <laughs> as, as he just like looks up over his shoulder at you and just like slinks down and just like grabs as much tuft of the horse as he can. I don't know. Look, the myth says that, that naughty children who don't obey their parents and go to the, the places where the where the world is thin meet the, the beautiful being of the starfall and then they disappear into the darkness and are never seen again. That's all I know. Okay, I'm going for it. Cast like still in reverse of in, like the reverse seating of his horse, just like pops off while they're while the horse is still running towards the town towards Arya, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, I want to like pop off and get a running start while this thing is coming at us with my sword out so I can cut it. But I am jumping off of this fucking horse and letting the horse continue riding straight. Sounds good. R roll to hit. Eleven. <laughs> An 11 is going to nail this thing. Ooh. Yes! Okay. Level two. <laughs> Level two things. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll for damage. Oh, max damage. Eight. Sick. Uh, can you also roll me a D8? Hell yeah. Fuck, that's going to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Just assume the worst. Oh, fuck. Um, eight. Uh, eight? Awesome. Roll 2D8. You just crit. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think I know. Oh, no. Oh, uh, sorry. Tell me the value on each of the D8s. Oh, no. Okay. An eight and a four. An eight and a four. Can you roll two D8 again? Right. And tell me the value. Stop rolling eights. <laughs> a four and a three. Sick. Uh, so your sword just comes up out of the sheath over your head and just slices this thing. And it breaks off into three pieces. You've got a green ray shooting off to your right. You got another green ray shooting off to your left and this yellow beam that just goes like straight up and they get about like 40 feet away from each other, collide back in on themselves right behind you to form this like fully f like formed humanoid starfall that then just hugs you and blips out and you're both gone from the road. And we have four swift horses carrying people back off to Aria. Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network, a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds. Your cast includes Lady Bedivere, a.k.a. Alondra, Pylos, a.k.a. King of Pylos, a.k.a. Nestor, Sunset's Brew, a.k.a. Brew, a.k.a. Zep, and the Lord Bonk, a.k.a. Bonk, a.k.a. Mark, as the DM. 
This episode also featured special guest Katie Osaurus, a.k.a. Katie, as Alana Pritchell. You can catch new episodes of Love and Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash torpidnetwork. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network. Or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do, do epic, epic shit. shit. Thanks for listening. So we're going to end the night there. No! (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right. right. Well, at least he followed my instruction. He did not throw the kid off the horse. That's true. Thank you. I could have. Yes, I know you could have. That's why she said it. It was. It was never. It was technically never on my on my list of things in my head until you said it. So I just wanted. Then you're like, I really want to do that. That's fair. Yeah. Now that you mention it, that would be a great idea.